So the best thing any of us can do in the here and now is to, first of all, accept that and to be honest with ourselves. All right, what is my role in the hustle? How caught up am I? Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Jim Rohn said, you must either modify your dreams or magnify your skills. And Henry J. Kaiser said, live daringly, boldly, fearlessly, taste the relish to be found in competition and having put forth the best within you. This is episode 126 with British author Matthew Turner. And today Matthew's gonna share the anti-hustle. So if you're burned out trying to get ahead in entrepreneurship, this episode is for you. And if you hear anything you like, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. So I wasn't a massive reader. I wasn't a writer growing up. I didn't take English classes all that seriously. But then in my early 20s, after a rough breakup, I turned to writing as a form of therapy, just journaling to begin with. But it quickly became a story. And I looked back on my life and realized I've always had a rather wild and active imagination. I always had an affinity towards storytelling. I just never attached it to the written word per se. So I wrote my first novel, Beyond Parallel. And I was writing this book for probably seven or eight years. I'd finish it, leave it in a drawer, come back to it eventually. And it was just this little side hobby more than anything. But I got to a point where I thought, I'm either going to leave this thing in the drawer forever, or I'm going to finish it, get it professionally edited, send it to an agent or publish it somehow. And I decided I'm going to follow through to the end. And it was, I suppose, that which led me to become a writer and a ghostwriter today, because one book became a second, became a third. Whilst publishing those, I also started writing my first and to this point only nonfiction book, The Success Mistake, which involved me interviewing around about 160 people about failure and their mistakes and how they turned them around into success. So while doing all this, I was establishing all these amazing connections. I was building certain relationships and they would introduce me to other people and such. And I was just writing, I was just writing, writing, writing. And when I was, I, I, at the start when I left my job to, to work for myself, I was like, I'm gonna be a writer of my own books and I'll do marketing because that's what I was taught at school. So I'll be some, doing something on social media or something. I'll do some kind of marketing or advertising. But I, I found more and more people wanted me to write for them. So it was a rather organic and evolutionary journey, which led me to become a ghostwriter where I write for other people. And my writing just went from being this little therapeutic hobby to a genuine profession. And now today, my work, I mean, every day I'm just writing, whether it's writing as someone else, a ghostwriter, articles, a book, a guide, a report, whatever, or creating a book like this. I'm just writing all the time. And yeah, that's kind of how it got today. In terms of why Beyond the Pale, I mean, we can kind of dive into that a little bit more if you like, but it's very different to the successful mistake as a book. I think someone would read the successful mistake and then read Beyond the Pale and I, I don't see the similarity. I don't see the connection necessarily. But in terms of me and my personal journey, what I learned interviewing all those people, it just gave me a whole new outlook on success, how people achieved goals and how they set those kind of goals, the purpose, the meaning, all that kind of good stuff, the high level things. 
and it just gave me a completely new insight into my relationship with work, my relationship with comparing oneself to other people. And that's when I went down this personal development rabbit hole, start to learn more and more about like the true nature of hustle. And those two things, I suppose, kind of are what inspired Beyond the Pale. Uh, yeah, and I'm super excited to dive into that and what you found with with kind of hustling, quote unquote. But I, I want to kind of kind of circle back to what you said starting out when uh, you found journaling. What caused you to go to journaling and why journaling? It, from my perspective, something happened to me like journaling wasn't the first thing that popped in my head that I could, you know, cope or, or have a therapeutic release with. So why journaling and, and what led you to journal? Well, the girl who uh, was part of the rough breakup even suggested it afterwards while we were still, you know, talking afterwards and kind of getting all through the, all the, you know, the 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 deep and meaningfuls the, those tiff bits which come after the breakup because it was still rather amicable and everything. And she said, "Try write down some of your thoughts." And I was skeptical at first because there I was, I'm not a writer, but I gave it a go, and I just started by journaling just writing down what was in you know just getting the pain out getting the thoughts out the questions out and the journaling aspects only really lasted for a couple of days before this idea of a story began to marinate in my head which became eventually beyond parallel and i have dipped in and out of journaling over the years since um I've not been one of these people who journals every day. I was doing it a lot up until lockdown, and then I slipped out of not just that as a, as a good habit, but all other good habits. I don't think I'm alone in that one. But journaling is just something I love, especially when I'm in a productive state, to start my day, quite often to end my day as well. Not necessarily just before bed, but my end of my work day. It's a nice bridge in between what comes next. And it's just a nice way to reflect. And more importantly, and this links very much so with this idea of hustle, it just forces you to slow things down, to actually take a bit of an audit of like what you're feeling, what you've done today, or if you're doing it in the morning, what you're going to do today, rather than just moving on to the next task. And that's one of the big things which I learn. And it, it's, it's not until I start journaling again that I truly become clear of this. But one day just bleeds into another and another and another. And before you know it, a week, a month, six months have gone by and you're like, geez, where has the time gone? And I find journaling just creates these very intentional and conscious breaks, allowing your mind to just marinate on lessons learned, those questions which are nagging away and you're just pushing to one side, fears, anxieties, worries. You're just acknowledging them. And journaling just allows you to let them out a little. And oftentimes that's all that they need. So journaling is so powerful on so many levels. But yeah, it's I agree. Fun. And it's crazy. The obstacle is the way, right? Like mm -hmm. you had this, this breakup, this naked, this this thing that could people could look at and be like, oh my gosh, like that's the like that's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But that obstacle led you to journaling, which led you to ghostwriting and led you to authorship and like the obstacle is the way. And I love that kind of just division and the metaphor that is, that's really cool. Uh, and what you said there stood out to me and I, I made note of it. It for journaling forces you forces us to slow things down. And I think 
that's something as entrepreneurs, as anyone trying to build a side hustle, you know, grow their podcast, like we see hustle as a nonstop sprint. But I think true successful entrepreneurship, you have to be so versatile. You have to be able to sprint one moment and then walk the next and then get back going again. You have to be able to balance that because otherwise, I mean, you can't sprint forever. You can't. And it's a huge thing. Like some people will say, oh, you're behind your hustle. So you don't like to do hard work or like sometimes you have to hustle. And the answer to that is like, yeah, of course you do. You know, if you're working on a new project or you're starting a new business or something just goes wrong and you need to put out some fires, then you sometimes need to hustle. You need to put in a 12-hour shift or a 15-hour shift. You need to work constantly for two or three weeks without taking any breaks. But the point is it needs to be a means to an end, okay, a means to an end. And the problem with hustle culture today is it just becomes the end. It just becomes it you know and that's when it becomes utterly toxic so sometimes you need to sprint but as you say you can't sprint forever otherwise you'll burn out not just physically but mentally emotionally you'll drive people away you'll drive all those things which i just talked about those fears those anxieties those things which just need a little bit of space to to be they just want to be acknowledged sometimes but you're pushing them deeper and deeper in until they burst out like a volcano and you have like an episode of some kind so journaling is just a very conscious way of helping you just to step back, survey what is going on, you know, survey your day, survey the moment, survey your life and go, okay, do I need to keep sprinting right now? Do I need to buckle down? Or can I take my foot off the gas? Am I worrying about work for no real reason? Am I doing more than I have to just because I feel guilty that I'm not working? Would I be better suited, you know, taking a walk rather than doing that extra task that does not need to be done today? So journaling just brings a little bit of intentionality and a bit of conscious thinking into your world. And honestly, it's a fantastic method that you can use, that any of us can use, writing down in a book, on a bad of a napkin, going for a walk and just thinking about it in your head, if you like, typing it down, if that's how you like to do it. Oh, it's a great way to just step back from the hustle a little. Yeah. And the word you use there, intentionality. I think we have to be intentional with our time and our days. Time is is more valuable than money, is more valuable than anything because we, we can't get any more of it. Uh, and so being intentional with the time we use um, is huge and how we use it. So, so like with that anti-hustle, so what, like, what made you, I know like, this probably going to open a whole bag we could spend probably hours on, but <laughs> where, what do you see as like anti-hustle? Like where are you guiding people with this? Just kind of open that up a little bit. So anti-hustle is really all about whole life balance rather than trying to subscribe to work-life balance where you wear all these different masks and hats each day where you have to be this person at work, this person at home, this person to your family, this person to your friend. It's exhausting. It's just approaching life as the one single entity that it is and going, all right, I need to create balance within that. So I'm filling my own cup. I'm filling other people's cup, but I'm just able to be me in all walks of life, whether that's at work, whether that's at home, on a Monday, on a Sunday, it doesn't matter. I can just be me. It's allowing you to embrace you. So that's kind of like at the heart 
of the anti-hustle. And this idea of filling your own cup is something I talk about a lot. Mind, body, spirit, fueling those, filling those cups every single day so that you can serve other people, whether that's your customers, your clients, your kids, your significant other, friends, family, siblings, whatever it may be. You need to fill your own cup before you can fill other people's. Beyond that, it's just allowing you to disconnect from the chaos that is 2021 and on. And I don't mean that on the back of the pandemic. I mean that in a sense of this world is intense. People think when I talk about the hustle, it's like, oh, the, the Gary Vee, you know, 70 hour work weeks, 12 hour days, working until 1 a.m. That's a toxic part of it, which, you know, we touched upon earlier. But the real aspect of hustle, like the real definition of hustle is this constant connection to well, the thing in front of me right now and, and this thing right here, you know? Everyone listening, watching to this right now, I mean, if they're watching it, they're watching it on a computer or on a phone. If they're listening, it, chances are their phone is like within arm's reach. We are connected all the time. And that's fantastic because it means me and you, we can have a conversation across the pond. Fantastic. But it's toxic too. It has its shadow aspect. We're constantly on. We're constantly switched on. We can, for no reason whatsoever, just open our Gmail account and swipe and just check work a little bit. For no reason. Brings no value. It's it's stopping us from disconnecting. It's stopping us from living life. It's just pushing. We're on. We're on all the time. But the other thing, social media. Oh, my God. Again, wonderful. But how often, I mean, tell me if this if it seems you know, you can relate. Yeah. You're bored, right? You're sat at home, you're bored, or you maybe you're out, you're a little bit bored. What do you do? Scroll endless. It just, you know, going through the, and it's, it's, and it's even when you're working from home, like entrepreneurship, it almost not saying that we're anything special, but like, it's right there. Like you're all like, it's hard to, like you were saying, have that whole life balance, that harmony between everything because you're here and I don't leave to go home. Like I'm already home. I, but I still have to separate and like, I've finally gotten a lot better and I just will go set my phone somewhere completely else. And, and sometimes I put it on, do not disturb just so I don't hear dings. I don't see it. And I can be fully like with family or, or with whatever outside of that. Cause it, you've got to be able to separate and have that harmony going on. It's a good practice to have. It's essential. And the thing is, yeah, good point. Because as entrepreneurs, as on, online entrepreneurs, especially, we often will trick ourselves into thinking, oh, this is part of a job. Right. <laughs> I'm doing something productive right now. But in essence, all you're really doing, and, and this is where the toxic nature come in, you tend to do that when you're bored. When you're bored, you tend to be in a glass half empty mentality. Self-doubts are just below the surface. Anxieties, insecurities, worries, yeah? So we're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, whatever else, and what are we seeing? We're seeing edited versions into dozens of people's lives, hundreds of people's lives, yeah. So we see that person who has the car that we want, or someone with a smile then they just look happier than we do, or a body that's nicer, or they just have more success. So we're comparing ourselves to them, not the real them, because we don't know the real them. We're comparing what they're sharing, that edited version of their life. We know, like logically, rationally, they have their own demons. 
that their life isn't perfect. But we see happiness, we see success, we see purpose. And we, because we're bored, because we're insecure, because we're you know, worried, fear, anxious, like, I'm not that. So what do you do? You work harder, you beat yourself up for not being further down the line. So it's just this vicious cycle. You end up working too much. You end up being switched on too much. And the few moments where you actually get some peace, you turn to the place that makes you feel worthless. And it's rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And I think this has been a part of you know, human history for, for a long time. Our parents' generation will have had it, but they'll have only really seen it in the office. They'll have only really seen it when they read a newspaper or watched something on the TV, all those beautiful people in the movies. Now it is everywhere. We are, it's so hard to switch off. Our parents might have just to come across enviable people like a dozen or so a day. We're coming across enviable people like a dozen or so a minute. It's exhausting. And that right there is the hustle. Yeah, I think in it, the, just seeking that external validation from from social media people scrolling like uh and and i'm kind of with the whole like feature instagram's opened up to be able to turn off i think it, it that could be a benefit because then you're not going to worry you're not going to you know compare yourself do they have more likes when it doesn't really matter the like but so seeking that external validation from that is i think messed us up too instead of just you know validating ourselves knowing who we are being the best we can be and and you know just going day day in and day out uh trying to like you said fill ourselves up so we can fill others up i mean it's in the subtitle right a fable about escaping the hustle so you can find yourself like if you escape the hustle if you disconnect from the hustle everything that we've just been talking about it gives you the bandwidth not just in terms of time but just like mental bandwidth physical bandwidth you're just allowing yourself to tap into what does success mean to me what is it that i'm striving toward am i happy what actually is happiness what is my purpose what do i bring to the table such and such so it's really difficult to find yourself when you're consumed in the hustle the problem is we all and i mean all of us to some extent are caught up in the hustle so the best thing any of us can do in the here and now is to first of all accept that and to be honest with ourselves all right what is my role in the hustle how caught up am i what can I do to just take a few steps back? And if that's just journaling a couple of times a day, just to free up some of that actual mental and physical bandwidth, well, that will help you find yourself more than currently. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and I think yeah, finding what that is, I mean, you have journaling, do you have, do you do anything else besides journaling that helps you kind of have that harmony in life or is journaling kind of your main go-to? I, I have several go-tos not as present as much as i would like right now because it's last year but yeah before lockdown i would for me the first hour of the day is really precious so i would focus wake up doesn't matter whether you wake up at 4 a.m or 8 a.m but committing that first hour no technology no flow no chicken anything mind body spirit so a bit of meditation just listening to music really just breathing just being conscious of my breath for like five minutes a bit of journaling a bit of reading not a how-to book but a novel or something philosophical and and do a little bit of exercise maybe a walk um short five minute routine press up sit-ups that kind of thing before before i had my sort of latest kid i would quite often run in the morning but now i tend to run in the evening it's a little bit easier to get that in but yeah first hour 
all about me, all about filling my cup, mind, body, spirit. And then throughout the day, just going for some walks, breaking up, having a bit of journaling at the end of the day, and just trying to catch myself whenever possible. Like, okay, I'm just going down that rabbit hole right now. I need to just step back. I need to go for a walk. I need to clear my head. But uh, but yeah, honestly, if you have a power hour to start your day, it works wonders for everything else. Everything else just kind of fits into place. Yep. It, how you start your day. I mean, the rest of the day feeds off of that. And, and so, I mean, we've all been there. We get up late, we're rushing around to go do whatever. And, and it just spirals the rest of the day, unless you can really, really like you're good at getting control of those things. Most of the time it just continues down that path. But so I think, yeah, the, the having that beginning hour uh, really, really sets the tone for the day. But, and this is probably the perfect kind of thing with that is when we're in the hustle, like the negative toxic hustle, these things, this power hour, this self-care, the filling our cup, that's the thing that I think at least gets thrown to the wayside. That's the thing, that's the thing that gets, Hey, I don't need to do that. I need to focus on this stuff more importantly. Yeah. And it sneaks up on you, you know, it's been sneaking up on me. Like it's not like first day of lockdown all my bad, all my good habits went out of the window. It was just something that gradually happened over weeks and months. And now I'm at a point where I'm starting to bring them back in. But again, it takes a while to kind of get them back in, you know, make them habitual again. So it sneaks up on you. And that's why even when you might have to like really buckle down and put in some effort for a week or a month because you've got a new business, whatever it may be, you still got to consciously try and make a bit of time for you to fill your own cup because otherwise it will sneak up on you and will find yourself six months down the line man when was the last time i did a power hour when was the last time i journaled when was the last time i read a novel when was the last time i took a walk in the middle of the day and that's when you know the hustle's got you yeah it's a gradual slope right it yeah it just, you get down that path and it it might take a little while, but it'll gradually drag you down to, to death or to, you know, the negative side of things. And so it's not going to be an abrupt fall all the time. No, never abrupt. Rarely abrupt anyway. Yeah. It just sneaks up on you. Sneaky. You have these people saying you need to hustle. And these people are out there, but they have teams. They have multiple people helping. <laughs> yeah, them. Their hustle yeah. is like, they just get to go talk. Like, I, I don't say that because they, they still do a, a good amount of things, but they have people helping them. So like when we were solopreneurs or we're starting out with one or two people and we're seeing these people say, yeah, hustle, you need to do all this, um, be putting out 20 pieces of content a day. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I got to hustle and get that done. These people have people creating the content for them. Like, so like we've got to, we've got to understand the thief or comparisons, of thief of joy. Right. So yeah, it's comparing yourself. is just useful. But even like those people, like they might glorify hustle. And even if they'll say like, I had to do it in the beginning too, to get to where I want it. Like, yeah, but did you enjoy it? Like, or, and maybe you did, but maybe you were like 21 and single and had no responsibilities. Maybe you're speaking to someone who's 31 has three kids all under the age of seven and you've got a mortgage to pay. It's a completely unfair comparison. And yeah, it's just so toxic. I hate to see it. And I, I certainly hope that the, you know, Beyond the Pale helps people just go, now like, let me do my life. Let's create a little whole, whole life balance and screw everything else. <laughs> yeah, because it, it really comes down to that, that whole life balance, that that harmony with with what you're trying to do especially if if you have your nine to five if and you're building a side hustle or growing your podcast and you have family 
you've got to have harmony. There's going to be some crossover. There's going to be some moments where you have to like, you know, the kid's going to be next to you while, while you're doing work, but there's got to be kind of those boundaries, those barriers within those crossovers to have that harmony. Like you're still, you know, leading your family, being with your family, doing all that, but you're still putting the work and the effort that needs to go into growing uh, your stuff. It's not just going to happen. So yeah, that whole life balance, that harmony, uh, you just got to find what fits kind of your lifestyle and your where you're at in life. I'm excited to to get beyond the pale and, and dive into it. I think it's going to be uh, a great story, a great parable in there with Ferdinand. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people just with where they're at in life and what they're trying to do. So I wonder, do you have, maybe I don't want you to ruin the story, but are there a couple takeaways from the story that those listening might be able to be like, oh yeah, that's a great point. Maybe I should start thinking about that. Ferdinand is a guy, and I purposely wrote him as this aspirational individual, the kind of person with like, he's got it all, like he doesn't have problems, you know, the kind of person that you aspire to be like. And early on in the book, we realize he's human and he's been, you know, putting a lot of stuff off, like pushing it down, not allowing himself to feel, self-sabotaging. And he just goes on this journey where he starts to ask the right questions. And that's one of the big key takeaways, really, from the book. Most of us are asking broad questions in the hope of finding a specific answer. And that was Ferdinand too. As he starts to go on his journey toward the end of the book, he starts to realize what the right questions are he should be asking. And once you hone in on the questions you need to ask, then you can figure out the answer. But if you're just throwing out broad questions in the hope of finding a specific answer, well, good luck. <laughs> Basically, it, you might be lucky, but you probably won't. So, so focus on the questions uh -huh. rather than hoping for some answers. Interesting. I'm excited for it to come out again, end of August when you're launching Beyond the Pale. One question I kind of do ask all my guests before we kind of wrap up is um, the fifth trade of pencil leadership being we're all created uniquely with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world. So uh, curious to your answer, when everything is said and done for you here on earth, Matthew, what do you hope your positive mark is? So I think this will kind of sum things up rather nicely. I, I remember when I was right like planning for beyond the pale i came up with like what is its purpose what's its big long-term vision and this is going to be one of three books so this is the first of a trilogy and my big like to paraphrase the big sort of vision is i hope these books in, in the various formats reaches 100 million people over the next 150 years so I aspire and I'm driving and I'm committing myself to try and make this a true perennial seller where it sells more copies after I'm gone than while I'm still here. And honestly, that, that's kind of my hope of the impact. I believe the message in this book will help people. It will enlighten people. It will spark those kind of important questions in certain people. And that's kind of my bigger aim. I mean, as a writer, that's all I can really hope for. My words will not necessarily like transform people or even necessarily help them, but just have some kind of impact on them. And if that's what I can bring to you know the table as a life 
you know, this kind of fleeting life, this one individual person, then I can, uh, you know, leave and rest very peacefully. That's amazing. Where can people pre-order the book, get connected with you, be able to reach out? Sure. So the best place is beyondbook.co. So that's beyondbook.co. And you'll kind of see this lovely little mountain range setting for those on the watching the video at the top of the page. And it gives you a link to where you can buy the book or pre-order it. And also, and this is what I you know recommend everyone to do, grab a free sample. You can read the first three chapters, I think it is, for free in a PDF. And then that just gives you a bit of an idea of whether it's a book that you would like to dive and commit to or not. And there's also all the links to like my Instagram, my Facebook, how to connect with me, more about the book. Nice video trailer that my very talented filmmaker cousin helped uh, help me with. So yeah, beyondbook.co. Awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely get check, checking it out. Get connected, get ready to get the book uh, or go ahead and download the ebook. Matthew, thank you again so much for being on Pencil Leadership and just sharing about Beyond the Pale, anti-hustle and how we can improve just overall whole life balance. Thank you for having me. It has been beyond a pleasure. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.